Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done with your host, Coach Donald, your podcast on the what, the why, and the how of quality training. Today, I'm returning with part two of our Returning to Ultimate series, and it's about jumping, all right? This is also going into the third week of getting back to playing uh, with the Thunderbirds. So for those of you who are unaware, just kind of logging in for the first time on this show, we talk about various aspects of training. If you scroll through the episode list, uh, when it comes to physical training, mental training, we have interviews with people. We have some interviews coming up down the pipeline to people. And I play with a team called the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds. It's an AUDL ultimate frisbee, professional ultimate frisbee team based here, obviously, in Pittsburgh. And so this is the first time I've been playing competitive ultimate since, yeah, like 2019, really. We had a couple practices and tryouts in early 2020, but I think we had like one practice in the tryout in 2020, so that hardly counts. So I am excited. Things have been going really well. And today we're going to talk about jumping because getting back to playing, there's a risk of, you know, hurting yourself, right? You haven't played this sport in maybe a year, year and a half, two years, and it's already a sport note for injuries. And so we want to make sure that our bodies are set up. And man, it's been good. So far, cutting-wise, I was really nervous about cutting and really defending in being agile and in, in being able to land just because I am getting a little older. I'll be 30 at the beginning of the year. And so while I'm in wonderful shape, especially compared to how I've been probably probably the best shape I've been since 2015, and I'm comparably really probably better shaped than 2015. I honestly may have never been in this good of shape. My senior year of high school, I was probably faster than I was right now, but not by a lot. My endurance is definitely way higher than it's ever been. And so I did 15 miles a couple weeks ago, which was, but what I'll say is, while long distance running, like, you know, 10Ks and half marathons. It certainly has no needed place in ultimate frisbee plan. Going back to playing, my legs don't get tired from practice. Now, I've been stepping my tempo runs up because, buddy, it feels like we had a particular play uh, last week where there were like several turns under this one point. So the actual point, like for those of you who are not savvy to ultimate frisbee, when you catch it's a, the game seven on seven with a frisbee, you have to catch it in the end zone to score. Go back to our episode with Kayleen back a few months ago on that. But you have to catch it in the end zone to score. Anytime there's a turnover, um, there's a turnover anytime your player doesn't catch it. It goes out of bounds, hits the ground, it gets intercepted, you know, whatever. This particular play, there were several turnovers just in the one play. And the point doesn't end until there's a score. And so... I'm working, you know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm actually doing my best. I'm shutting my guy down on defense, um, you know, did okay enough on offense, but obviously not good enough because I didn't score the point to end this torture of a point. We got off the field after the point ended, and it looked like felt like somebody took duct tape to my trachea and just ripped it off. Like, I was struggling to breathe for the next 15 minutes. And uh, as we've gotten to the next part of practice, I was fine. But at the end of these two practices, my legs have not been fatigued. I've been sore the next day because I'm running really fast a lot and cutting a lot. So I think I'm sore from that stuff. But, like, my legs feel great. 
not saying that you guys who play ultimate should go and you know do half marathons and run 10ks and run 10 milers a lot but it sure gives some leg stamina to just taking a lot of steps i think that the beauty of having gone on runs that are two hours plus continuously is that my legs are just used to taking that many steps so to have a two-hour practice that has breaks my legs are like oh we've done far far worse but at any rate jumping wise while i have not skied anybody this year i did at practice recently make a really dope catch it was a disc that was thrown to somebody who was actually behind me and i just climbed the ladder and snatched it out through a a backhand with my other with my offhand my non-dominant hand to a guy for a hockey season he scored and that would make me feel really good and i haven't hurt myself landing but i've been thinking about this a lot so to our topic at hand what is the risk of jumping like why are we do we need to focus on jumping ability when it comes to ultimate outside of just being able to sky people it's that part of the injuries that happen in this sport and really any sport that involves jumping whether it be basketball volleyball football is that you have to land and the forces that your body deals with upon landing are enough that if you're not in the right position you can tear several ligaments in your knee and it's not fun you could roll your ankle um, people can even hurt their back if they don't land the right way and so that risk is being able to run competitively jump up in the air probably lose your balance especially in ultimate where you when you're jumping for a disc there's a pretty high chance you're going to end up rotating while you're in the air especially if you're going up to grab it with one hand that putting up one hand and jumping creates a very high potential for your body to rotate and then being able to land i remember in 2016 i actually hurt my meniscus i tore my meniscus uh that year i'd already messed it up leading like a week before that i think it was because i don't know why i don't know if it was playing ultimate or wearing really clunky shoes when i was training i had these flat weight training shoes that don't ask me why i was using them they weren't weight training shoes but they were just flat like it that i was running for the bus one day and my knee just felt weird after that and i was working at this gym and i was doing a lot of rotational work with these really not so flexible shoes and i think i was irritating my meniscus and it kind of blew up one day on a monday well, that next Saturday, it felt better. And so I went out to play Ultimate to test it out. I had done a bunch of drills, ran on it. I knew it wasn't 100%, but I didn't think I was going to get put in a position where I needed to be 100%. Well, we were playing pickup. It's at Westlake High School in Austin, Texas. And there were some people that weren't usuals. And at the time, I had a reputation at pickup for, like, don't throw it deep against that guy because he'll outrun you for the disc, and he might jump over you to at least knock it out, if not catch it. Well, there was this... There was this woman and this guy that were there who did not, they did not respect that. They didn't respect me, y'all, for good reason. So the woman runs deep, and the dude hucks it down the field. And it was a great throw because I'm on her left side, and the disc is to her right side. And I'm like, it's pickup. If this were a more competitive game, 
the thing to do to get the disc, especially just because it was at the end of my jumping ability, it was like over her right shoulder. I was on her left side. So I would have had to bump into her basically to go hit the disc. And it's pickup, and I don't want to be the guy that knocks her over on the ground. I don't want to knock anybody over on the ground, but, you know, it's America. We understand. I don't want to be the guy that knocks this woman over. So I get up as close as possible, and I reach up for this disc. I didn't get it, y'all. I just couldn't get it. I was reaching my hand. It was just like an inch away. But you ever land a jump and you're not actually prepared to land? I landed hard. And it was my left knee, and I landed hard on it. And it just, after that, it gave out. And so the disc falls into her lap. Like, literally, it just floats down. She pancakes it right in front of her chest. I still try to guard her. I lunge one side. She hits me with a fake and goes the other way and throws the score. And my knee kind of gave out. So when I had lunged to go the one way, I ended up kind of just falling on the ground. Yeah, they didn't respect me all. And, well, shouldn't have been out there trying to do that. But that landing, I'm sure you've been in a position where you're trying to go up for a disc or maybe you play a different sport, you're trying to go up for the ball and you, you're still reaching and so you're not prepared to land and you have to be strong enough and technical enough to be able to land on that one leg awkwardly and be okay. And so you can, to some extent, train for that. What are the things that you need to do when it comes to training? So this is the part where you can take a few notes. First of all, I'm very big on a ball of foot to heel landing and not like some slow, oh, I'm on the ball of my foot and then boom, I'm on my heel. But like, it's a very quick, you're bringing your heel down, but your ball of your foot hits first. And that part allows with better force, allows for better force absorption. If you land straight on your heels, all of that <laughs> shoots up through your bones and it can go up through your back in a very uncomfortable way. So your tendons, your ligaments, your muscles don't absorb the shock very well and your bones end up taking a beating and it's very, very uncomfortable in the joints. And that's actually what happened to me during that, during that play. I landed on my heel. There's a YouTube video floating around. I uh, was comparing uh, Westbrook, the basketball player, I think his name Brian West, was it Brian West, what? No, Brian Westbrook's the football player from when I was in high school from the Eagles. Russell Westbrook shows how much I watch the NBA. I don't. Russell Westbrook versus Derrick Rose, who have very similar styles. And for those of you who watch the NBA and watch the NBA back with like 2012 to 11, you know how explosive Derrick Rose is, or was at least. I mean, the man was amazing to watch. And, Derek, and Russell Westbrook's very explosive. But they compared their landing styles. Russell Westbrook does a ball of the foot to heel landing, often lands on two feet, but definitely even on one foot does a ball of foot to heel landing. Derrick Rose consistently would land on his heel. And well, he's had far more surgeries than uh, Russell Westbrook has. And so being able to practice landing in this ball, uh, ball to heel position allows you to be able to absorb the force better. Yes, you can bring your heel down to finish the landing, but your heel comes down at the end. The other part, when you land, you want to be able to avoid this valgus, and valgus is when your knees collapse in. It's very useful when you are going to go up, and a lot of coaches out there and parents and people are like, you shouldn't have your knees cave in to go up in the first place. The actually triangulation of that, of being able to bring those knees in a little bit allows you to get better use of the inside edge of your foot, which all that translates to better use of your glutes to help propel you up. But when you land, you don't want that to happen because there's a lot of force. And if your glute meat's not in the game as much, 
you're at risk for injury. So you want to be able to practice landing with your knees over your toes in the sense that they're in line with that like middle toe. I'm sorry, not middle toe, with your second pointer toe. The other part that's useful to remember when you're training is having an upright torso. So you don't want to land hunched over because if you let your forward, uh, forward, if you let your center of mass go too far forward, then you're going to overload the quads uh, and you're going to lose your balance and your body's not going to like that position. So you want to still be able to keep upright torso as you drop your butt down low into the landing. Think like you're doing a squat. When you do a really high jump, you want to be able to land more in a squatted position. Your body's in a better position to take use of the landing, to take the force of the landing. Goodness gracious. Now, other things you should do in your training. So those are the positional things that you need to be noting to take note of. I am struggling with words. As far as what kind of things you should do, you should practice obviously landing on two feet, whether you're doing hurdle jumps, depth jumps, depth jumps being you stepping off of a thing, practicing landing, practicing doing a depth jump into another jump. You should be jumping from side to side. Practice lateral jumping, right? Practice rotational jumping, jumping at 90 degrees, jumping at 180 degrees, running and jumping at 90 degrees. Think about you can put a disc up. You can have a friend put a disc up. You don't even need to use a disc. Just do a three, four, three, five, seven step run up, jump in the air, rotate 90 degrees while you're in the air, and then practice landing because that's very ultimate specific. You can do that with a 180 degree jump. I'm sure there's many times you went and caught a disc at an angle uh, and had to reach up, turn your body slightly to snatch it, and ended up having a whole different orientation, potentially having been turned around completely. And so being able to train your body for that allows it to have more degrees of movement and the better ability to respond when you find yourself in a, a situation that's awkward but not too dissimilar. If you only practice jumping and landing straight on with your knees over your toes but you're, you just went up and down or you just jumped forward, you're not going to be as prepared for that. You went up on your right leg, your left arm went up, your body rotated all the way to the right. And then boom, as you came down, your left foot and then your right foot came down and you had rotated 270 degrees. That's a lot of stress on the body, but your body can handle that better if it's done something very similar. It'll be able to adjust better. You should practice landing on two feet. You should practice landing on one foot. There are plenty of times in sport where one foot's hitting the ground before the other one. And when I say landing on one foot, I don't simply mean like, oh, I did a hurdle jump and I landed on one leg. You practice even doing a jump where you end up with both feet on the ground, but one foot comes on the ground first, which is very, very, very common when you're jumping. If you watch videos or if you go to your next practice or, or game and you watch people play, they're going to be landing often with one foot more than the other, or not so much more than the other. Well, sometimes they'll land on one foot more than the other just because there's a certain hand preference they might have for catching, but also one foot's going to land first for most of the jumps rather than both feet landing at the same time. The last thing that you need to make sure you do, and we talked about this in the previous episode about cutting, is your quad strength. When you're landing jumps, your quads take a lot of the work. You're, when you squat, 
Your quads do a lot of work. Yes, your glutes work, but your quads do a lot of work. And so <clears throat> when we think about the knee joint, your quad tendon, which if you sit, if you're sitting down, if you're standing, if you're driving, use your other hand, whatever hand, one of your hands, you can go to the bottom of your quads and this this part from where the muscle is to the kneecap, that's your quad tendon. And then right under your kneecap, that's your patellar ligament that most people, I think, just call the patellar tendon. But it's your patellar ligament, technically. It connects your kneecap to your tibia. So it's a ligament. At any rate, that part is what has to get is what gets stressed when these quads have to absorb all that force. Those tendons get stressed. So you want to be able to get these quads stronger because that helps make these tendons stronger. All right, and the stronger your tendons are, if we remember from all these other episodes we've talked about, load-bearing capacity. When it comes to jumping, <clears throat> yes, poor mechanics can get you hurt, but also just not having the load tolerance to handle a lot of jumping or intense jumping can get you hurt. If you have not been jumping and playing and then you you know, run up full speed and you try to grab the backboard of the basketball court, and that's a really high jump. When you land that jump, you're landing with a lot of force. You could actually have great form landing and still hurt your knee because it just wasn't prepared. It wasn't strong enough to handle that kind of force landing on the ground. Same thing endurance-wise, thinking about playing ultimate, especially if you're a player who gets a lot of time playing, you are jumping a lot. Load-bearing capacity, load is, yes, it's the intensity of the jump, with how fast you're going, it's also, you know, how fast you have to uh, land, how high you're landing from, but it's also the volume at, with, at which you're doing jumps. If you are jumping significantly more than usual, that's going to cause a lot of stress. So, something to keep in mind. Now, the next part that we'll close out here is, how do you improve your jumping ability? You're like, hey, cool, good look. Like, I appreciate that, but I actually have been training. I mean, my quads are stronger, I've been practicing, but how can I jump higher? Four things that I want you to do to improve your jumping ability for ultimate. Practice jumping for technique. Practice being able to jump up on two legs. Practice being able to jump up on one. Very similar to what you did before. Practicing your technique, being able to use your arms the right way. Bringing your arms down to your sides and then using them to explode up into the air as part of being able to get up in the air. Being able to practice how you distribute the weight across your foot. When you are actually trying to go vertical, you actually need to get your heel down first and then come to the ball of your foot and then bring your arms up as you're running and that helps you take your momentum straight up, bring that knee up. It's hard to describe on podcasts, but practicing being able to take your jump to be more vertical versus you jumping out further and long. The other thing I want you to do, practice getting very strong. Part of jumping ability is being strong enough to just launch your body in the air. So increasing the strength that you have in your legs, your glutes, your quads, being able to you know, get, I would say, one and a half to two times your own strength of a deadlift or squat puts you in a very strong category to be able to propel your body weight. Number three, 
practice doing plyometrics for power. Oops. So that is doing whether it's big hurdle hops, depth jumps, broad jumps, practice doing broad jumps of a hill, practicing, you know, grabbing the backboard or the rim or the net consistently and just getting a lot of reps and jumping. Part of jumping higher is just jumping more. So if you're doing a lot of jumps that involve you being very powerful in your jump, that helps with your muscular recruitment. Part of jumping ability is your body being able to recruit a lot of leg muscles to help get you up in the air at one give, at one time. And so that is an actual skill part that can be taught. But you have to practice jumping very high and very powerfully to do that. That is also getting enough volume of high-intensity jumps to help get your tendons to be able to respond to that intensity to be able to you know, help you with getting up in the air. You can do a lot of plyometrics that are intense. I would say if you're doing like really intense plyometrics, big single leg jumps like tuck jumps, single leg uh, cycling jumps, depth jumps, huge broad jumps, especially repetitive broad jumps, serious bounding, you're going to want to keep those reps probably in total volume under 80 jumps in total for any given session. That's just what a lot of the research suggests. I mean, there's a range. Some people say as low as 40 jumps. But I'd say in that range is pretty good. Depends on your body's tolerance. Last part, especially for ultimate, practicing getting a lot of jumps. You can do 100, 150 even plus of low intensity plyometrics a few times a week and your body will be just fine. Low intensity plyometrics like short jumps that are not maximal, light bounding, you know, doing like ankle jumps, Doing even like, you know, full knee bent jumps, but you're just not jumping at your highest ability. And so getting a lot of low volume jumps helps with that tissue tolerance. You're getting a lot of time under tension doing plyometric work on those tendons. And it also will help with your muscular recruitment. It'll help with getting more reps, teaching your body to jump. So that's those are four things that you can do to help with improving that jumping ability. Now, this podcast will come out. We are going to be, if you are someone from Pittsburgh, doing Pittsburgh Ultimate, hopefully you took part of the Return to Play series that me and Christy held, where we went over a lot of the jumping, cutting, uh, in our last session, which will probably coincide with the release of this, will be in regards to running and getting ready for that. We'll be dropping another episode about running in preparation to getting ready for Ultimate. I just got a text right before I got on the mic about pickup happening next Saturday at 11 a.m. So I'm excited for that. I've been missing playing some pickup. I did play a couple unofficial pickups twice. The first one, I was mad rusty. Second one, I played a lot better. But it was small. I missed seeing some familiar faces. And yeah, that's the show for today. So if you like this podcast, make sure you share it with a teammate, share it with a friend, share it with a colleague. Share it with somebody who you know needs to work on their jumping ability. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this show. And I'm going to holla at y'all another time. Make sure you get out there, work on that jumping ability, and let's not tear nothing. If you need any advice, please let me know. You can email me, donald at ghperformance.com. You can find me on Instagram at coach underscore donald. I think there's another underscore after that, but it doesn't matter. And... 
let's see. Yeah, if you are interested in being able to get your body right to play Ultimate, or any sport for that matter, but right now, all intents and purposes, Ultimate, holla at me. We have in-person training at our gym in uh, the east side of Pittsburgh and Wilkinsburg. We have our trackside program where we work on speed, and we have virtual options, whether you want to do virtual workouts on video, or if you want us to create a program for you, we can do that. Oh, yes, and shout out to our two newest interns, well, two of our three interns, Adam and Tristan. They're both ultimate players. They both play with the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds as well. Tristan's in college. Adam is grown like me. And there's a third guy. His name is Benny. He's new to ultimate. He's a track guy getting into ultimate. So shout out to them. Shout out to somebody who's listening to this at the very end. I want you to send Coach Kyla a message and be like, hey, Donald talked about you on the podcast and said you need to come play ultimate frisbee and come to pick up one of these saturdays you who are listening to that go message kylo on instagram it's at authentic fit training and tell her to come to the next saturday's pickup whether you're listening to this podcast in may of 2021 or if you're listening to this podcast in november of 2021 or may of 2022 tell kyla to come to pick up all right i'm out of here peace y'all